pretzels at sundown get advice and tunes when you don't even know what to freaking do souls at sundown keeps it fresh and new every other friday with megan hughes hello souls at sundown listeners welcome back to the podcast today is a beautiful thursday really it's it's beautiful outside as i'm recording this i can see the mountains in the distance it's looking fantastic out very clear reasonably warm the sun has emerged for us these past few days and i am here for it i am waiting for spring right around the corner baby i can feel it in my freaking bones that's what punxsutawney phil said and I believe him. I don't know if you guys believe in Groundhog Day, but I believe him. Phil for president 2020. Just kidding, Bernie for president 2020, but that's on a different episode. (laughs) Seriously, I'll have to do something about the 2020 election um, as the primaries kind of get closer and whatnot. Somebody suggested that I do that. But today I'm talking about something very differently because it felt like a topic that was the only thing that I could cover today after the morning that I just had. So today we are going to be talking about public shame. The reason I'm talking about this is because... This is what I get for going on Twitter this morning, but you guys know, I think I was talking about this in the last episode, but I love Maddie Healy of the 1975. He's my king, truly. And he tweeted something and was like, hey, I'm making a song. Send recordings to this email of the meanest thing that's, or the most hurtful thing that's ever been tweeted or written about you. And I was like, oh, T, I'm going to get in on this fucking song. I got shit to say, you know? And so then I went to my comment section that's like held for review. So maybe some of you don't know this, but a lot of YouTubers, I literally heard like Andrea Russett say this on the Dating Straight podcast, but she was like, I have like so much hidden words on Twitter and Instagram and in my YouTube comments. And you can basically like block out words so you don't have to see them in your comments section all the time like if somebody was calling you a bitch you could just remove the word bitch and never see a comment calling you a bitch again so it's helpful but I went to my um held for review comments and honestly didn't find that much and so then I was like oh well where do I look now my dms aren't that horrible I mean sometimes I see stuff that hurts my feelings um because people want to hurt my feelings but people are generally like they like to be more anonymous about their level of hate which is something which we will be discussing um further in this episode but i did the horrible thing that nobody should ever do which is go and read a terrible horrible no good gossip forum i'm not even gonna like shout out the name because they just don't deserve it they're insane on that platform like the oh my god just can't even can't even get too much into it because i can't understand it but I don't know like why I did that. I just wanted to go on and find something really hurtful about myself to literally record and send to Maddie Healy. Like, am I okay? Oh my God. The answer is no. So (laughs) after going through that for probably five minutes, I kind of just like snapped out of it. And I was just like, what what the fuck am I doing reading these horrible things about myself that I know are not true and I'm just sitting here like so I can record it for like the purpose of which fueled my pain 
was absurd. Let's be honest. Like I didn't need to do that. And so then I just kind of, you know, snapped back out of it. And I was really, really shook for a long period of time. And while I was doing that, I was also trying to come up with podcast topics for today. I didn't know what I was going to record at the beginning of today when I woke up. So I tweeted for some podcast topics and then I got some on Instagram and somebody suggested public shame. And once I saw that after I was done going through my public shaming, reading I was like holy fuck this literally feels like the only relevant topic for me today like I was already feeling pain from that so why not just bring that into something that is productive and helps people and helps people understand the level of hurt that is online Um, there's like a lot of stuff that I'll be talking about today but a lot of what I'll be referring back to that I've learned over the past few years also came from a book called so you've been publicly shamed by John Ronson Now, this book was suggested to me by my friend Ariel Bissette. She actually also has a podcast. It's like a book podcast called Books Unbound. And yeah, you can go and check her out. She also has a YouTube channel, all that kind of good stuff. But when she came to visit and stay with Finley and I in September of 2018, she suggested this book to me. I read it shortly after, I think at like the top of that new year. And I just loved it so much. It's still one of my favorite books I've ever read because it's very educational and it has a lot of different accounts of shame that he goes into. Basically, it just goes into the story of public shaming and um, refers back to a couple of people who have been publicly canceled, if you will. And uh, we see that a lot a lot these days, let's be honest. Um, And a lot of times it happens for good reason. You know, if somebody's a rapist or an abuser, or if they make like a really horrible joke, or did I already say racist? If they're a racist as well, that's terrible, horrible. Uh, No, I said rapist, also terrible, horrible, no good. Obviously the parameters around who should and shouldn't be canceled are very blurry, but there are certain instances where you're like, no, I mean, that was really fucked up and they don't deserve to be forgiven. But I think that when it comes to cancel culture in general, we have a really hard time forgiving, (laughs) even if the thing that somebody did wasn't as bad as you think. (laughs) And so that is really what I want to discuss today, because I think that, you know, there are instances where people change or they do some kind of like reform and we still cancel them, even though they're going about their life in such a different way since when they did whatever fucked up thing they were like canceled for. And so that's what the book goes into a lot of. Um, But yeah, I just think it's so interesting that we really have zero tolerance for forgiveness these days when it comes to like basic human tendencies and um, things that happen. So I'm going to read you guys a quote from this book that I really enjoy that kind of just talks about what I'm speaking on right now. John Ronson writes, I think our natural disposition as humans is to plod along until we get old and stop. But with social media, we've created a stage for constant artificial high drama. Every day, a new person emerges as a magnificent hero or a sickening villain. It's all very sweeping and not the way we actually are as people. So that kind of speaks to what I was slightly saying about forgiveness. I'll get into that a little bit more in a second, but also just like the framework of where a lot of this shaming happens is on the stage of social media. You know, it's like we have this 
device at our fingertips pretty much at all times, depending on your, you know, accessibility to your phone. But we are constantly refreshing Twitter. We see somebody's canceled. They said X, Y, and Z. Literally, like as soon as I woke up this morning, I saw something on Twitter about somebody being canceled and all of the fucked up shit that led to that. This podcast isn't going to be about them, so I'm not going to say who it was. But yeah, it's like that is pretty much just the news of most days is you see something happen to one person and then you get upset and you're like, oh my God, why did I ever support? them or you are like, okay, I'm going to unsubscribe. Um, and okay, this is such a great reference, but the James Charles and Tati drama, um, when that occurred, she like outed him, right? If you don't know what I want, what I'm talking about, it's okay. <laughs> but she kind of just like outed all of his nonsense behavior and bad behavior online. And then he was publicly canceled for a few days and then came back, made an apology video and gained most of those subscribers. He lost back, obviously still lost a handful of followers. And I'm sure that a lot of people didn't really trust him anymore after that happened. But that's such a clear example of like, the aftermath of just like, oh, oh, they need to be canceled. Okay, okay, we're going to unsubscribe. No room for his explanation. But when he did explain, they were like, oh, well, some people came back. You know, some people were like, you're forgiven. Sure, we forgot. Or we don't care. You know, thanks for explaining yourself. And so it's really, it was such a clear numbers representation. I don't remember the exact numbers, obviously, off the top of my head of who left and who came back. But it was a very clear like, okay, some of you came back because you forgave him kind of a moment. And it was just like so odd to watch, right? But being a YouTuber myself and having people basically pick apart every aspect of my life, every interaction I have, everything that I show on camera, not every interaction that I have, I misspoke there. Everything that's shown on camera is what they pick apart and then they assume everything that they didn't see is X, Y, and Z. And that's what I was seeing so clearly this morning on that like gossip platform people were just jumping to the most insane conclusions that they've made up in their false reality in their head of what happens when the camera isn't on or what the people in my life think about me or what I did after I showed whatever on camera and it's like it's such a weird playing field of just like so this is what I'm putting out and it's like way, way over here. And then this is what you think that you saw or what you formed in your head. And it is literally miles down the road in the realm of like possibility. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it is just, it's honestly a little bit comical. The the like extent that they go to of what the, the false scenarios that we tell ourselves. I mean, we all tell ourselves like really crazy stories sometimes. I mean, literally the other day I was making up a fake scenario in my head and acting it out of just like this random interaction that I had that like it never even happened in real life but here I am still thinking about it so it's funny we all do that but um I definitely don't do it to the extent of bashing somebody online and just like pouring my heart and soul and my precious time into tearing somebody's apart and overanalyzing every relationship that they have <laughs> so I digress um I just think that it's really a weird 
time because it's like we have this public stage of social media at all times, right? But in the past, and this is what this book touches on, um, in the past when we had public shamings, you know, like public stonings or like, you know, somebody gets up on the town square and everybody throws tomatoes at them, like that used to be a thing and it was literally outlawed because it was too cruel. (laughs) Like if somebody was an adulterer, or something like that. And the whole town found out about it. Like they had all of these connections that they made in that town and they put their roots down there before they made whatever decision that they did. And then after that occurred and like they were basically canceled from their town, they would go insane. So, I mean, like law enforcement was like, oh, well, maybe we should stop doing that to people and give them a chance for forgiveness or, you know, a chance at a better life. So... I just think it's so wild that like this is constantly happening around us and you know sometimes I see stuff about people saying that cancel culture is is toxic and we need to like calm down with the stuff that we are throwing at people because obviously once somebody finds out something that's like fucked up that somebody else did everybody's like oh my god how could you floods their page with hate and all that they get for all of those like whenever they're on the stage for that few days before literally everybody forgets they are living in hell and that's how it feels you know is to be like just being tortured by these feelings because also with the internet like maybe people forget after a period of time of when all of the hype was directed at that specific event maybe some people like drop off and never think about it again but there are a handful of people who will like continue to bring up the wound for you so that is really the downfall of the internet is like people will store that (laughs) and then continue to use the internet as a vehicle to torture you with whatever you did like the other person isn't allowing you any room to come and say hey this isn't exactly what I meant or you don't know all of the story that's truly what it is like you don't know the entire story because you weren't there but you're sitting over here and directing all of your hate at me to the point where I feel like I don't have room to correct myself. You know what I mean? It's just an unforgiving system. And I feel like a lot of us fear that something that we said or, you know, an employer will go back to our Twitter from so long ago and find some tweet that's like fucked up that we said or something. And so he writes in this book and says, so many of us live our lives constantly in fear of being exposed or being judged as immoral or not good enough. Which is so true, right? I'm sure that we all have some kind of instance in our head where we're like, oh, I mean, if somebody gave me a microphone at fucking 12, I would have said some really horrible things. Or like when I was 14, I was being problematic as fuck on Facebook, but nobody was around to see that or something. You know, like we all have our instances where we're just like, why was I like that? Like, I just completely, I don't like that person, you know? And that's why we grow. We grow from being that person and we learn our lesson and then we move on with whatever past selves we used to be and we have these instances under our belt where we're just like wow I would never say that now or I would never do that now I learned from that experience and it's like when you're in cancel culture you don't give people the time to learn from that experience or they're so directly thrown into it at such like a level of hey nobody's ever gonna fucking talk to you again that it feels like they could just never come back from it so maybe some people who are canceled 
canceled like just go on doing the same shit because they're like well now i can just fucking do it in peace but for the most part i feel like public shaming is so deeply rooted in like emotion and guilt that people change whatever behavior that got them there in the first place to like do better in life (laughs) um which is maybe a positive of it but like the whole process in general is pretty negative let's be honest (laughs) it's pretty messy but obviously public shaming has its upsides and downsides like people will learn from things that they did and maybe go into a period of reform like if you got arrested for doing something really terrible and then you're in prison thinking about all the stuff that you did for like 15 years and then you come out and you're like wow I just need to dedicate myself in to volunteering with victims of rape because I can't believe I did that. You know, like people can change in that way. Um, And I feel like just the system isn't really like built around giving people time to change as an individual and really like reconcile with themselves. And obviously that's more like law enforcement involved kind of public shaming. But I mean, truly with the internet and stuff like that, basically my point is like, we don't give people the room. We shame them when they apologize. We don't give them the platform to apologize because we're like, oh, well, nobody should talk to you anymore. And that's on period. You know, like, it's just very, very, it feels like the nail in the coffin kind of a response of like, nobody's going to fucking talk to you again. So just shut the fuck up. You don't need to apologize. And so people don't and they move on with their life and do whatever. Um, But I feel like there's just so much about human tendency, about human behavior, about stuff that people do, and then they learn from it. And then they move on. Like if somebody said like a weird comment, about somebody's body and then they were like wow I don't know why I said that I've had all of these like packed on layers about shame around my own body and then I decided to direct that at you like they have that moment where they're like wait why the fuck did I say that why did I tell this person that she was this horrible word when I didn't mean that you know and I'm not saying that everybody should be given the like I don't know a space to just go around body shaming people but they should definitely be given the space to be like wait why the fuck did I say that I'm so sorry I didn't mean it like that or explain what fueled that comment or just like learn from that experience you know what I mean it's like we say things people say dumb shit all the time people do dumb shit all the time where some people are like wow that's kind of fucked up of you I didn't really you know know that you had that in you and then the other person is like yeah I don't really know where that came from either but I don't know I did it and I would never do it again you know there's like that period of oh I learned from that experience and I'm sure that all of us in the back of our head have some weird thing that we did that we maybe feel guilt or shame about and we wish that we could apologize or reconcile the situation or whatever it might be but we have those things that happen to us and I'm sure that all of us are glad that we didn't have that either publicized to the internet or, you know, nobody was around to see whatever we did and the mistake that we made that we were now like, oh, fuck, would never do that again, you know? <laughs> so it's really hard when those emotions, those human tendencies, those, you know, messy moments of your life happen and then they're fully unforgiven if other people are involved in the situation or it gets publicized or whatever it might be. There's this quote in this book, though, that uh, is basically just like, 
There is nothing I dislike more in the world than people who care more about ideology than they do about people. And I feel some type of way about that quote. So I agree with it to an extent, but when it comes to my ideologies about obviously people should be canceled if they rape, abuse, murder, are racist, are, you know, just horrible people, abuse, like all of these things. Um, <laughs> there's obviously a handful of, we all have our own things in our heads where we're like, that is where I draw the fucking line, you know? And that's what I'm talking about around the parameters with, there are so many things where it's like, well, maybe that person definitely did deserve to be canceled. But I'm talking about messy human behavior where maybe you said something that you regret, you hurt somebody's feelings, you held somebody's hand or something and somebody saw you and you're like, oh shit, I didn't mean it like this. Or, you know, you talk to somebody who your best friend is like, what the fuck? Like, I thought we weren't talking to that person anymore. And you're like, what? Well, they didn't hurt me, you know? And then the, the best friend gets mad and you're like, oh, fuck, okay. Like that kind of messy human behavior or sexual behavior where boundaries are crossed or, you know, you do something with somebody that somebody else is involved with. And then you're like, oh, shit, I got to clean up this mess, brother. I did not mean for this to occur you know what I mean um those types of things where it's like it feels as though you didn't mean anything harmful by doing that and in the moment you just did the thing you were just like well yep my brain just did that and then afterwards you have that period of reconciliation where you realize what you did and you make your amends and apologies but when it's a public shaming platform, it's so different in the way of like forgiveness. So this all being said, I am going to stop blabbering now and play a song about public shame. You freaking guessed it. And <laughs> this song is actually by one of my fave bands of the past, I don't know, like two years or so. Finley introduced me to this band, Rainbow Kitten Surprise. I really enjoy them. They have a song called Shameful Company, and I'm going to play it because I feel as though it's relevant to the conversation. Enjoy. Change. 
song and reading the lyrics at the same time I feel like it's maybe about like going back to a toxic lover or something like that and returning again and again to a situation that you know is not good because he's like if you're weak come to me and find shameful company so I feel like maybe that's I mean that's just an example of something that maybe your friends would cancel you for you know what I mean like if your boyfriend does something really fucked up to you and then you go and you tell your girlies as you do any anytime something occurs and then they're like holy fuck I fucking hate him you know he's canceled Duh, disgusting and then they find you in your room with said man like two weeks later and they're like what the fuck is wrong with you and you feel that kind of like guilt shame all of the things all together like just oh can be a real concoction of all of the bad feelings you're like I don't know why I did the thing I did I guess I just needed a little a little something I, I, don't, I don't really know and sometimes you don't know why you do the things that you do you're just like I don't my brain just did it I don't know a reason to explain to you of why this occurred I could probably go to my head and kind of sift through the drawers of what made me make this decision and give you something but at the end of the day, sometimes things aren't as deep as people make them out to be. Um, they just happen upon 
like I said, messy human behavior. And I feel as though personally, like with my friends and stuff, because I've definitely had instances where I'm just like, oh, girl, don't go back to him, you know? And then they do it again. And I'm I'm not going to be like, hey, I'm not going to be your fucking friend anymore if you go back to Tommy, you know? It's like, we should give people the reconciliation that they need and deserve. Also, a lot of people, when they do things that they don't like, are really so guilted about it or so they feel so much shame around it that they don't even want to tell you. So if you do find out, then it's probably better to be like a listening ear and be like, oh, well, why do you feel that type of way? Why did you do that? Why did you say that thing? And let them kind of help you or help that person through the reform period of being like, hey, no, listen, I'm not going to cancel you for this, okay? <laughs> you're you're still my friend. I just want to figure out where this came from. So with friends and family members, I feel like it's so much easier to be like, hey, let's chat about what drove you to do this thing. And I feel like we should all have that kind of listening ear when it comes to obviously certain instances where people can um, explain themselves. Because if somebody fucking, if I had a guy friend who like raped somebody, I wouldn't be like, let's talk about this. What, how did, why did you do that? You know, it's okay. I would be like, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? I'm not going to be friends with a fucking rapist. Like, are you okay? No, you're not. You know, I would have a lot of moral questions to ask them, um, which is, you know, that situation hasn't happened to me. I don't know if it's happened to any of you. Please share if it has and what you did in that situation, because I feel like, I don't know, just really back and forth about certain things where it's like, if my friend did something like that, I would obviously want to talk to them about it, but I wouldn't really want to be their friend anymore. So there would be an aspect of cancel culture in there. Um, yeah, it's really just, oof, messy feelings. What can you do about them? Uh, read about them, okay? This book, truly great, fantastic. So you've been publicly shamed by John Ronson. I'll say it again. <laughs> um, now I'm going to get into like a slightly uh, different note about this conversation, right? But still the same conversation. Okay, anyways, I'll read you a little excerpt now. This is a quotation from a character that he was focusing on in the book. Well, not a character, a real life person. Sorry. <laughs> I was terrified that I would no longer be able to tell the narrative of my life, Mike said, that every time I performed on stage, his judgment of me would echo forever, deciding who and what I was. And so now we're on the topic of fear-driven life. So after you do something and you're in the public light, like maybe if a comedian says, a really terrible joke or something like that and then all of their fans are like wow fuck this person and they maybe the comedian says something and apologizes or is like hey i i'm sorry um but somebody at their comedy show yells out and is like fuck you for saying x y and z they feel like they they will be haunted by whatever they said whatever mistake they made for the rest of their life and this is a complete moral debate of like what you would do in that situation like would you be the person yelling at them and being like hey fuck you for this you still have to live in this or would you be like oh no well they apologized i mean they didn't mean it like that and i'm gonna give them the forgiveness that they deserve like for aziz ansari right he came back with a comedic special on netflix 
where he had the whole first section of his performance talking about how he had been accused of sexually abusing someone. And he was basically just kind of explaining what happened and how he didn't expect her to like say he didn't mean to be um, pressuring her in that way. And obviously I'm not going to like speak for Aziz here and exactly what he said. If you care about the comedian, you can go and watch it. Um, I used to watch him on Parks and Rec. And so I wanted to hear like the beginning of that special or whatever that he did. Anyways, that's an example of like, he used that to kind of like fuel his next performance I guess and apologize while doing it and then be like okay now that that's kind of past us I hope that you'll like listen to everything else that I'm going to say for the rest of this special so that's an example of that but when you are like in the public eye in any sense whether you be a comedian a you know some sort of celebrity maybe you're on YouTube or you're a podcaster or whatever the fuck it might be some IG baddie um, if you do something in real life and then people find out about it and then continue to like roast you for it bring it back up like you truly do believe that that interpretation of you or that one thing that you did will like live on for fucking ever as the only thing that like will form someone's opinion about you does that make sense like you'll always be that bad person who did this one bad thing and that's what this guy mike in the book was kind of talking about like i was so afraid to be on stage again because obviously some people have this idea of the person that i am because of whatever happened in the past when i'm like that doesn't reflect the current version of me you know like we are constantly changing as people we are constantly evolving we are constantly learning lessons from the stuff that we did in the past where like oftentimes like I was saying before you don't know why you did the thing that you did you just fucking did it and you don't have a logical explanation to be like this is what drove me to do this it wasn't malicious I'm sorry like I don't know what I wanted to do in that aspect of my life and I don't know why I acted out in the way that I did but it occurred and it's messy and it's part of me, but I don't want to be reminded of how messy that was all the fucking time. You know what I mean? It's so, so like self-defeating and it makes you feel like you could only be seen in one way when there are so many aspects of you that make you up as an individual. And that's why like when things like this occur and you have the people in your life who were involved in that in, you know, I'm talking about when you are in the public eye and then whatever you did happened um, offline, right? So whoever was involved in that situation, you talk about it with them. You're like, hey, you were here. This is what occurred, right? Hey, you were involved in this. Let's talk about this okay, we're good, let's move on with our lives. And it feels as though it's resolved in your circle. But then online, people are like still fucking going in, in their own little loops and circles when you're like, dude, you weren't even here. The situation has been resolved and you weren't involved in it. So why do you care? But when these things occur in your life, I feel like it's so important to handle it with the people who are involved. Because like any sort of drama that happens in, you know, Know, whatever friendship circles or families or whatever like it can be so blown out of proportion when you bring it to like social media and put it on blast or if
if you like cancel somebody or, you know, whatever the fuck it might be that occurred in your life. Um, you know, it's always so much better just to handle it to the point where like you're just talking to those people directly or talking to a fucking therapist and being like, hey, whew, this is what occurred. So let's chat about it. Let's reconcile. Let me figure out what happened, you know, rather than bringing it onto like an amplified uh, platform that will just echo whatever they feel back at you is like, you know, does this make sense? I hope it does. Basically, the level of distortion of wrong and right can be really like confusing when you bring things online, because everybody's just going to echo their opinion, if that makes sense. And it can be really overwhelming. And there's a really good quote in this book as well that I love. And it says this, a shaming can be like a distorting mirror at a fun fair, taking human nature and making it look monstrous. Which is so true, you know? Human nature is a thing that people have been studying for fucking years, dude. We don't know why people make the decisions that they do, but we can study it and figure it out what drove them to do that, what, you know, past things in their childhood maybe formed these opinions or their relationship with their parents or maybe something that occurred in the past and they had this like preconceived notion of what love was and so they accepted it in whatever form or they wanted to like just do something drastic or you know it's just like you could search for a couple of reasons but at the end of the day when you publicly shame it makes whatever occurred look like it's the worst thing in the entire world when you know maybe some things are bad but maybe some other things aren't fucking horrible to the point of zero forgiveness so that's what i always come back to is like we need to have our own moral I guess, like debates with ourselves of, hey, what's the line that I feel like I can accept in my life? What, how do I feel about certain moral things? How would I feel if this happened to me? How would I feel if this happened to my best friend? What would I do in this situation? And I feel like that will really drive a lot of your responses back to things online that you maybe see or things that occur in your friend groups or relationships that you have. Um, because at the end of the day, like nobody wants to be wearing their wounds on their sleeves for the rest of their lives. They're like, can I just put on a fucking long sleeve shirt now? Like, sure, this is a part of me, but does everybody need to see it and talk about it? I feel like that's a good metaphor to use. <laughs> But now I'm going to play a song called Shame <laughs> by Summer Walker. And I really like this song because she's kind of talking about like shame and things that maybe happened to her in her past that she's now like bringing into a relationship and he's taking her as she is. So I think it's nice. Human relationships. Gotta love them. Enjoy the tune. Perfect world. You're understanding. I'm not a perfect girl. I would drop my fears at the door. I would only bring myself and nothing more. And you let me be. 
a woman And you let me be a flood Woman You would yearn to hear all about my past What I've done, what I've did And why Below my sick thoughts And if I needed to I could cry And you would catch my tears You don't wanna be nobody else's pain No You don't wanna be nobody else's play To hide from themselves the smile you see straight through me you push past the lies oh you got it baby re-listening to that song I realized that she's not talking about like an actual relationship that she's in where the man is really accepting of her she's talking about her perfect relationship and perfect man Um, so she could like be her broken self around him and he would accept her and she wouldn't have to disguise things about her and he would just be like wow I understand you're not perfect you're flawed aren't we all um yeah she has a lyric in this that was like you would yearn to hear all about my past what i've done what i did and why and that's just oh what a great great thing i'm sorry if you can hear the big crunch again of rue i feel like towards the end of each podcast she's like time to eat (laughs) like i feel like this exact same thing happened in the last episode (laughs) did it not Oh, anyways, um, I just want to say that when you find a lover who accepts all of your flaws and things that you maybe felt shame or guilt about, oh boy, it's the best feeling in the world. Because I can absolutely remember the night that I told Finley some shit about myself that I still have only told him, never told anyone. And it was like right after we said I love you kind of a thing, like a couple weeks after we said that we loved each other. And we were on a road trip actually visiting Portland. And we were outside, I think just like chilling on the steps of our Airbnb smoking weed. And we were talking about some things that we both had like done. And then I told him whatever, you know, just like this one thing that I had never told anybody before and I was so nervous to tell him and he was just like very 
calm, quiet, accepting, just like, oh, okay. And was it, the response was not what I thought, you know, he didn't have like 800 questions and was grilling me about why I did the thing that I did, you know? And then we went inside and in my head, I was still panicking because I was like, I don't know what he's thinking right now. And so then I got like very in my head and I remember lying down on his lap and I was just crying and like my face was kind of up towards the ceiling. And he was like, why are you like, why are you upset? What happened? You know? And I just looked up at him and I was like, do you still like me? (laughs) And he just held me and was like, I love you. It's fine. It's okay. And like that level of acceptance was just, oh, absolutely everything I needed to hear at that moment in time, because I had been carrying that for so long. And then finally being able to like tell somebody and have them literally not care at all to the point where he was like, I don't know why you're freaking out. Like, it's fine. What you did isn't a horrible thing to do. It's okay. I understand. Like, I know why you did the thing that you did. You know, just like hugging me and telling me everything's fine. So acceptance is a beautiful thing, folks. And I feel like if we can all listen to people with open ears and open arms and just let them kind of explain the drive behind their actions, it could really open up a lot for us. And that's my takeaway today is that public shame can really silence people to the point where they feel like they could never be a good person again you know what i mean or they could never come back from whatever they did even though we all do dumb shit you know and we need to remember that the next time that somebody is canceled for whatever they did but obviously also like i've been saying in this we all have our own moral debates and moral code i suppose of what is and isn't okay and what we'll say sure you know it's okay you apologized it's fine we'll move on from this and then also we have a handful of people where we're like no it's not okay i'm not gonna you know consume your content anymore i'm not gonna listen to that music artist or support that person or buy from that clothing label because they did some fucked up shit and like that's okay too. We just need to be more, I guess, understanding of the levels of human tendency that occur and human behavior is such a confusing thing. And maybe there's not always a logical reason to why people do the things that they do, but it doesn't mean that they should be reminded of their mistakes for the rest of their life. You know, like if you believe in a higher power, your higher power wouldn't punish you for the rest of your existence. They would love you and they would let you reconcile with what you did and let you be forgiven. Like that is truly the drive behind a higher power is being forgiving and loving and open-armed and just all of the good things, you know? And I didn't mean to bring religion into this, but I just, I go back to that because I'm like, well, nobody would want you to suffer. Like, I truly believe that we're all put here to be happy and learn from our mistakes and bring them along with us to our next decisions. So it's like, if you did some dumb shit that you regret in your past, I feel you, brother, me too, you know? But we all have these things about ourselves that we carry along and we say, hey, you know, if that situation occurred to me today, I would have acted differently. But back then, I didn't. And I learned from it. And here I am talking about it today. (laughs) Oh, anyways, love you guys so much. Thank you for listening on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. If you would like to hear the full hour long version of this podcast, you can go and subscribe to me on Patreon. 
patreon.com slash Megan Hughes. Even if you join my $1 tier, you will get this podcast. But I also have $3 and $5 tiers, and I offer lots of different fun things on there. So yeah, that's where the rest of this is going to be resuming. For everybody else, if you're listening on SoundCloud, please give me a little like and repost if you enjoyed this episode. Feel free to comment whatever your heart's feeling today, as long as it's not publicly shaming anybody. And <laughs> um, yeah, have a great day or night whenever you're listening to this. Peace.